Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 let's go Buffalo Channel. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Let's talk about last night and then get Sal Capaccio's take or takes on what will happen on Sunday. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog here on WGR. Sal, thanks for spending some time with us. Josh Allen gets one first place vote for the MVP. Lamar Jackson, the other four, nine. Allen ends up fifth. In the totals, lots to say about this. A lot's already been said. What are your feelings about how that went? I expected Lamar to win. I have no issue whatsoever. I think he's a very worthy MVP choice this year. I think he was, um, yeah, he had an MVP year, so no problem. Would have had no problem with Josh. Would have loved seeing Josh win. Um, I thought that those two guys probably were 1-2 or 2-1, and to me, no issue at all. I think it's embarrassing and ridiculous that Josh Allen was fifth. Um, and even more so embarrassing and ridiculous that he was left off completely of about half the ballots. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. What the criteria would be for these people who didn't even vote for him as one of the top five most valuable players in the league this year. Do you think that that is just like groupthink narrative, the turnovers, like all the stuff that, you know, we didn't dwell on during the year, but you certainly you'd have to really try hard to not pay attention uh to not have noticed it during the year do you, do you think that it, it really was that like mike, mike jokingly said he might have lost the mvp on opening night and like yep. i don't know there might be some truth in that i don't think it's a joke at all i think it's right i asked joe the same question today i said joe after that monday night game like did he ever shot and joe said he was never he was never the favorite after that that might be true you'd know that more guys mike you what might know if he ever was actually he might have climbed back into the favorite spot for a week I, later in the I year. Think but... he, I think he was in the middle of the season at one point. But the, the story of the betting odds, Sal, was that every week, whoever – it was like a jinx. Whoever was the yeah. favorite, their team lost that week, and then somebody else moved in. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I do think he could have kind of lost it that first night because it fits into the narrative of Josh Allen or – even some truth, which is he does turn the ball over mm-hmm. at a high rate compared to a lot of the other quarterbacks, which is fine. This goes back to, I've referenced this interview I've done probably with you guys, not sure. I was on ESPN Radio right before the Pittsburgh Steelers game. I was on with Myra Metcalf and um, Matt Jones, and we kind of went at it because of this very thing. Like, it was them just harping and harping on the turnovers and Josh Allen and interceptions. And I kept telling them, like, well, he also led the league in touchdowns. Like, what he's done and. <laughs> And they, 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 they kept telling me I was ignoring interceptions. And I'm like, I'm not ignoring them. I'm putting them in the context of the, 
the the things that he does that are so positive had so much more of a positive effect on the Bills than the turnovers had a negative effect. They still won the division. The turnovers, sure, we'd all love Josh Allen to not have the turnovers as many as he's had. We'd all love him to have zero, right? But he had the, the games he had turnovers other than the first week, which was horrible, one of the worst games of his career, I'd say. He had the interceptions people note. He walked off the field with the lead in most of those games. Denver, Philadelphia, New England, right? There were several of them, but it goes back to that conversation. But I, I couldn't believe how much it was just simply about the turnovers yeah. and the interceptions. And this is exactly, to me, the talking point about Josh Allen. I also still think there is some of the, you know, kind of holding your ground bias on Josh when he came out. And there's some, you know, old guard voters who might have just didn't like him when he came out or wanted to want to just tell you every time that he doesn't succeed in a certain way that they've always been right about him. That might be a little bit of it here. I think we're maybe mostly past that, but there could be some of that. Well, how about uh, DeMar Hamlin's not winning comeback player of the year? That's always a tough one to try to <laughs> analyze, right? I mean, Aaron Schatz, who was the one voter to vote Allen first for MVP, made, I think, the right point is how do you vote DeMar Hamlin second in comeback player of the year or anything but first? Yet He's either the winner because his comeback to the league to, to – to play at all is so incredible or, you know, you're just not going to consider that really a comeback in the traditional sense and not vote for him ends up going to Joe Flacco. Yeah. I I think here we have a situation where the criteria is so widely different for everybody. And even though there's a definition, it's going to be so much about for people. Well, he didn't really play that much. And Joe Flacco played and had success. But to me, that's never been about what the comeback player of the year is. It can be, for sure. If you have a major injury and you come back and you're amazing, that's great. But to come back from something, I mean, that's really, that's what the award is about. And Joe Flacco himself, after the voting had been done in the regular season, before the playoffs, Joe Flacco himself was asked about this when he was named a finalist. And he said, DeMar Hamlin deserves the award. He said, I came back from the couch. He came back from the dead. That's what he said. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, it's amazing. So, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I, I think this really, it, it's about it. We had people call on the show today. We had people even say, Bills fans, well, you know, he was a, he was a guy that really didn't play much. So what did he really, he, he was inactive. Uh, the fact that he came back to play is the point from where he was. So, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. By the way, he had eight, was it eight more first place votes than Joe Flacco? To your point, Mike, about you can't vote for a second. And I didn't do the math on this one. I did on the MVP. I don't know if you guys know, but the NHL and NBA do their point system differently. They both go five deep, but the NFL goes 10, then five, which is a huge drop. It's a, you know, cut in half, then three, two, one. The NBA and NHL both go 10, seven, five, three, one. Did not know that. Okay. Yeah. So first place votes are more heavily weighted in the football voting. All right. Sal, what do you think happens in this Super Bowl? I really hope I'm wrong. I think Kansas City wins. I They have Patrick Mahomes. People have said all week you can't bet against Mahomes. It's like betting against Jordan. But I'll make the point, too, the other way, that Tom Brady lost three of these things, you know, and he's a guy you always think is going to win them. Uh, but betting against Mahomes and Andy Reid, and especially Andy Reid coming off a week's preparation, an extra week, you know, like he's so good in that situation to formulate a game plan. Um, you know, I, I, I think they probably have a little too much. And then I think about 
the struggles that the Niners have had these playoffs, which are they almost got beat by the Packers and should have been beaten by the Packers, and they were down 17 points early against the Detroit Lions. The Lions had them on the ropes. They were on the ropes by both teams, both home games. I just don't think they're as complete of a team. They can be really good, and maybe if they play a really solid game, they they'll they might win. That's fine, and they are favored. But I just feel like the Chiefs are too good on on defense that the Niners won't be able to have a real high score, and then you just have Patrick Mahomes who finds a way. Right. I I think it's so interesting. You you, you tend to think about, of course, Mahomes and the quarterback. And, you know, Purdy had a fantastic year, too, statistically, yeah. uh, yards and yards per attempt and touchdowns. But I, I sort of feel like we might be in for a game that could be maybe largely decided by which team can stop the other team's running game. Yeah, that's right. And if that's the case, then, Bulldog, you know, the Niners have a real shot because that's been more of the Achilles heel for the Chiefs this year, stopping the run. And you know, we we saw the Bills run against them in the regular season game. We saw other teams run against them. Um, the Chiefs will run a, run the ball too. The Niners have some real nice defensive players, but man, the Lions move the ball on them. And you know, they they had chances. Even they blew the seventeen point lead, but they also had some other chances there. So, um, yeah, I, I just think that I, I don't want to be right here. I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the score I picked today on. The air with Joe is 27-20 because I don't feel like the Niners can really get into the high 20s against this defense. Sal, have you thought about how the conversation about the Bills might go here in the next seven months or so before they play again? A, depending on who wins Sunday. I'm not sure I can figure out how, if the Chiefs win or lose, what it means to how we talk about like the Bills' chances in 24. The Chiefs have gotten past them. They're in the Super Bowl again. That might be all of it. But just sort of how it's going to be interesting to find out how optimistic the, the fans are, not even knowing what happens here. I mean, there's going to be some pain with the roster and their cap issues. Just I wonder what you're thinking the rest of you know the, the future of the offseason here. Just It started already, but what's coming up here is going to sound like and feel like for us. To be quite honest with you, it's sounding to me more optimistic already than I expected from fans and even maybe internally, like thinking about back to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. And even with me, like going into the year, I thought, okay, like next offseason is going to be really tough. They got, you know, Gabe Davis can be a free agent. What are they going to do with Stefan Diggs contract and all the things we're thinking about and Von Miller, you know, the cap situation at least, right? Things like that. Yeah. But guys, since the season has ended, like, I've looked at this roster and I've looked at the decisions and there are some tough decisions coming and it's going to be some changes. We know that. But this is the first time in a little while they really have everyone returning on offense, except for Gabe Davis probably, and we'll see what other changes they make. Sure, could there be a Ty Johnson gone? Could there be a Trent Sherfield gone? But you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 offensive linemen. 11 of them are under contract. They have zero work to do there. Zero. They have all of their tight ends set, ready to go. Yep, you could argue maybe they shouldn't have Dawson Knox in as big of a contract. That's not what I mean, though. Like, he's going to be back. I'm feeling very optimistic because even though they absolutely have some work to do on defense, no doubt about it, they're also going to get healthier with Matt Milano, which is much more of a, to me, a certainty than Von Miller or Tredavious White. He's come back from a broken leg. 
and he shouldn't really have an issue there. They're going to be so good at linebacker with those two. I do like their depth at corner, even without Tredavious White, to be quite honest, if that's the decision. And I just like their coaching staff on defense. I think their coaches will always make up for a lot of the gap they might have there. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I I sort of feel like I can feel the optimism, you know, that that you're you're representing here. I'm having a hard time, in part because I feel like they're definitely going to need a receiver, and mm-hmm. I don't think they can go get. I, I'd be surprised anyway. Maybe, maybe they'll pull a rabbit out of the hat here. Um, I would expect that they're going to have to go into the draft for that Davis replacement. Or it's just going to be like a journeyman fill-in. Like they're not to me going to get a proven number two receiver. Somebody you go like, oh wow, okay, that's great. Pencil him in for eighty catches or something. I I just would be surprised, and that sort of shades the entire off season for me. I, I feel like we'll just sort of be mm-hmm. less expecting the offense to keep pace and maybe hoping it will by you know, well, if this draft pick comes through or if Kincaid takes a step or whatever. Um, I just feel like it's it's just going to be harder to predict how the replacements they get for the few spots they have on offense perform. I am right there with you on that point, that wide receiver. To me, um, and yes, in Bulldog, I will tell you, if that happens, like kind of how you describe how they might have to do it, I will not feel as optimistic as I just described two minutes ago. Um, it will be, oh my God, like they got to have, they got, what are they doing at wide receiver? I, I feel like though, based on their own comments, they're going to do something there that we're going to feel better about that group. Maybe not. I don't know what they can do. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it'll be tough. No doubt about it. But I feel like they're, we're going to feel better about that group going into training camp than we did last training camp and we do right now because it seems like there is, for the first time in a few years, a serious acknowledgement that they need to do something about it. It reminds me right. of after Josh's rookie year when Brandon Bean said, he told us, we had one of those, remember those... um those embargoed things we did, right, with those guys. Sure. And I don't think we – maybe we did it last year or not. But he said to us, after Josh's rookie year, he's like, I got to get this guy a number one receiver. I got to get this guy some help, is what he said. Like, we're going to do that. They go out and they sign Cole Beasley, John Brown. Then the next year they trade for Stephon Diggs. Like, they made a concerted effort in those two off seasons. I feel like that's the kind of thing they think they need to do here. I think they need to, based on how you broke it down – Teach some of these offensive linemen how to play defensive line, Sal. I mean, they've got the surplus. <laughs> yeah. It's a Justin reverse Justin Bannon opportunity here where you're going to move, <laughs> you know, take two or three of these guys and try the other side of the ball. It's not that different. Uh, do you Before you go, do you have, if you've looked at it, a free agent receiver idea that you like? I like Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's, he's going to be priced out from the Bills. Down year, though, maybe the bloom is off the rose somewhat when it comes to him. Because I think he'd be kind of perfect for them, uh, and maybe not that expensive. I like that idea. I've thought about him. That's a you know explosive type of player for sure, no doubt. A guy I've looked at that I think could fit in this offense is Kendrick Bourne, and I don't I don't think he I have to look at his like forty. I don't think he's like known as some super explosive guy. I don't think it fits that right. But I've always liked him. I think he's a, a good player. But again, is that a journeyman type of player? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would fit into that. Um, I'm looking at his numbers last year. He only played eight games. We had 400 yards. So he's not close to a pace for a thousand yards. Um, you know, but a guy like that, you probably can get for a cheaper rate. Darnell Mooney is a guy I've thought about a little bit for something like this. I've always been a really big Curtis Samuel fan. I'm not sure what you're getting now, but these are guys that I don't think are going to 
you know, overly cost a lot of money, but I think you can probably, you know, bring in if you have that appetite for any kind of player like this. Sal, thank you. Enjoy the game. We'll talk next week. All right, guys. Thanks. You too. That's Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearances are brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? As we say a lot, always here for your guy. Who's your guy with the draft coming up? We talked to Trevor Sikama somewhat about the draft and, you know, free agency too. Once we get past Sunday, that's it. Used to be the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl, Bulldog. Is the show ever sounded older than remembering <laughs> that fact? But this is it here Sunday, and then we're all into off-season mode. And some of these big moves that happened in recent years in the, in the league happened pretty soon after the Super Bowl had passed. So t- time to uh, get dirty with this stuff. What's your favorite idea? 803-0550. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here, WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 